0: This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.
1: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card,
2: right this way,
1: it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
3: Black Buffalo Zero products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of comparable products. If you're an adult age 21 and older who dips, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo Zero pouches. What are they made of? Pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves. Food-grade ingredients. Most importantly, there's no nicotine or tobacco, all proudly made here in the U.S. So if you're 21 and older and want to learn more about Black Buffalo Zero, head over to blackbuffalozero.com to learn more. You can buy their pouch online, ship directly to most states. Black Buffalo Zero, zero nicotine, zero tobacco, 100% ritual. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for The Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Now let's get this party started.
0: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio.
3: Here we go. It is a Friday. We are live in Los Angeles, and this is The Herd. Wherever you may be, however you may be listening or watching, thanks for making us part of your day. It is a Friday, one hour from now, of a hot week, blazing five picks. Can't wait for that. J-Mac joining me as always. Well, tomorrow it's Colorado, USC, two of the great quarterbacks in college football. Both should come out. Neither may come out. Hearing all sorts of crazy stuff. But how about the Detroit Lions last night?
1: That wasn't even as close as the 34-20 score. Yeah, I was so off picking the Packers, I decided to go with the mustache. And I'm going to be (laughs) French today. You can call me Jesson from now on because it was such a bad call.
3: Well, uh, Detroit's better than Green Bay. Even with Aaron Rodgers, they were better than Green Bay. But Aaron was good enough to keep the games in suspense. Jordan Love's not there yet. This was a blowout. This was ugly. So you give Detroit the better quarterback in this matchup with the better roster, yet it's not close. Also, Detroit, both their coordinators are going to get interviewed for head coaching jobs next year. They're O-line, top three or four in the NFL. What you're seeing with Detroit, and this is what good businesses do and good teams do, they had a vision, and they're patiently putting it together. So first thing they moved off, Matt Stafford got a little younger at quarterback. Went and got another number one pick, Jared Goff, got younger at quarterback, acquired picks. And then they get Dan Campbell, offensive leaning as the NFL pivots to offense, players coach, physical presence, very optimistic, very positive guy. That's what Detroit needs. Then they rebuild the offensive line. They go get a great tackle. They extend their center Offense, 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 new quarterback, offensive coach, rebuild the O-line, and then defense wasn't very good. They've had to add edge rushers, get some free agents on defense. They started last year 1-6, lost a lot of close games, then they won a few close games, and now here they are. And I think Dan Campbell and Jared Goff work well together. Neither's ever been given the respect. Dan Campbell, let's be honest, that opening press conference came across a bit of a semi-meathead and people kind of roll their eyes at Dan Campbell. But when you talk to people close to the organization and you watch the team play, they play really smart football. It looks like a smart football team. Well-prepared, finish strong, add the pieces they need to. Then there's Jared Goff. Do you know Jared Goff against the spread is the best quarterback in the NFL last six years? Why? Because he doesn't get any respect, and yet he's really, really good. He's the best quarterback in the league against the spread. So Campbell and Goff are two talented guys who don't get a ton of respect, and they use that as jet fuel. And that's fine to have a chip on your shoulder. That'll win you some games if you don't have a great roster. But what happens now with Detroit is they've got a really good roster. It's young in spots, but the O-line's excellent. Defensive line now feels good. Weapons, I like them. So they have this energy that they've been doubted, mocked, the butt of jokes, and then combine that with a really, really good roster, especially in that division. What do they say? Uh, Preparation meets opportunity? This is their opportunity. Chicago's a mess at quarterback. Green Bay doesn't know what they are at quarterback. Minnesota's probably moving off their quarterback. And the best quarterback in the NFL four to five years usually wins their division. And Jared Goff is now the best quarterback in that division. He's always been a good primetime quarterback. You know, he's 14-8 and eight in primetime. Kirk Cousins shrinks. Jordan Love is whatever he is. And Justin Fields isn't good anytime. So now you have Jared Goff, not respected, chip on his shoulder. Dan Campbell, not respected, chip on his shoulder. Add that jet fuel to actually a really good roster. And so I think there's this moment in time. Minnesota – we, we talked about before the season, we kind of feel like they're going to move off Kirk Cousins. It wouldn't break their heart to have a top 12 draft pick. Chicago probably redoes quarterback in the draft. Green Bay, <laughs> they don't know what they have. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it over its head? They don't know. But here's what Detroit is. They know what they are. Good coordinators, great O-line, run game works, improving their defense, good primetime quarterback who throws a beautiful football. They had a plan. They had a vision, step-by-step, step, patiently implemented it. And I said yesterday I thought Detroit was the better team. Now in that division, they have, in my opinion, the best big prime-time-level quarterback in a prime-time game. And here was the coach after.
0: We have our own standards, our own goals, of what we
3: wanted to do, and certainly one of those is win division. You know, it's not the end-all, be-all, but it is important. And uh, and so to be able to get a division win, it's also a conference win. Uh, that's also two wins in a row. It's on the road. Um, you know, puts us three and one at the quarter. I just, I, I man, I'm really, I am really happy with where we're at. I'm proud of the guys, the staff, everybody. I mean, that was outstanding. The better team, the better roster, the better O line, and the better quarterback won in a route on the road. It's not fool's gold. It's a real thing. Detroit's here, and they're going to win this division. So, what do we make of Jordan Love? Okay, so in first half numbers, he's been awful. <laughs> he's been absolutely awful. Jordan Love first half stats 47% completion percentage, 66 passer rating. <laughs> he's awful. He's the opposite, though, of Russell Wilson. He's been good in the second half. So it's weird. Why? Usually, a young quarterback could be good on script and deteriorate. He's apparently terrible on script, but he can make plays happen. So, my takeaway watching Jordan Love, and I said before the season give me until Thanksgiving. He's been sitting in the system, good coach, good online, although David Bakhtiari's out. Give me about Thanksgiving, I'll have a feel. He doesn't look panicky. He doesn't look overwhelmed. He moves well. Nice athlete. How about that left-hander out of the end zone? He's got a little it, a little clever play. Right now, running back Aaron Jones, not 100%. Left tackle, David Bakhtiari, not playing. Interior O-lineman banged up, too. Those are crucial pieces, so let's be fair. But you do get to week four, five, six in the NFL, and everybody's banged up. So here's what I would say. I don't, I don't understand quite. The first half is bad, The second half is good. My guess is he just has no feel for the game because he's been sitting for three years and hasn't played. Right? Like like he just doesn't have any feel for it. Burroughs got great feel. Mahomes got great feel. Caleb Williams, you're watching this weekend, great feel for it. Those guys have played a lot of football high school, college, and pro. This guy played at small Utah State, sat in the bench for three years. He hasn't played, he doesn't have any pocket awareness. Sometimes he's got open receivers and he sails it. He just doesn't have enough reps. And the problem is, now he does miss some open throws, but I don't feel like he doesn't have good mechanics. I like his mechanics. I like his size. I like the way he moves. I like his temperament. I like him at the podium. (laughs) He could be better with a left tackle, an interior offensive lineman, and a healthy Aaron Jones. But Aaron Jones, running backs get hurt. So there's a lot of moving parts here. I'm going to wait. But I do think there's something to be said. Um, it is interesting that he's awful in the first half and good in the second, and that tells me is he just doesn't have a ton of pocket awareness. He doesn't have a he doesn't have a feel for the game right now. And you know they, they always they always great quarterbacks always talk about you can kind of sense stuff and feel stuff. He doesn't have that, right? Like sometimes he throws a little early, not panicking, throws it early. Sometimes high, sometimes wide. Guys are open, he misses stuff. Some of that I think is just the talent's there. The feel isn't there. And so let's wait till Thanksgiving. But, um, you know, it's like they say about golf tournaments. You can't be bad consistently in the first half. They say about golf events, um, you're not going to win them on Thursday, but you can lose them on Thursday. So the last two weeks he's lost the game for the team. He just got really lucky. Derek Carr got hurt, and the Saints couldn't move the ball. But he has played himself and that offense out of these games. They got a huge break with Derek Carr. Uh, but, you know, Detroit Jared Goff playing four quarters, it wasn't particularly close. It was never really a threat. So, I, I, again, I don't have a definitive opinion. He doesn't look scared or overwhelmed. He doesn't have bad mechanics. Uh, the ball sails on him from time to time. I just think it's a, he doesn't have a feel for the game at all. He just, you know, with Trey Lance, we talked about this, but Trey had some mechanic throwing issues. I don't see those. Jordan Love. I see a lot of stuff I like, pre-snap stuff over time, but there is an awareness feel thing to this sport and that position, and that's what we talk about Brock Purdy at San Francisco. Four years starting in high school, four years starting in college. He's got a feel right out of the gate for the position. Trey Lance didn't play, and there was this, he didn't have a feel for it. It matters. Reps. Malcolm Gladwell. Reps. 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 So I think Jordan Love has a chance to get there. He's been just so bad early, and he talked about the game after.
0: That was a very hard first half. You know, like you said, just nothing. We, we just weren't executing, weren't moving the ball, um, and we weren't taking advantage of the opportunities that you know the defense was giving us early. So we got to find out what what that is, and I think everybody just has to play better um, starting the game, me included. Just you know, got to be able to come out, start fast, and put a point. So we're not playing behind and uh, not. Oh, it's just making it harder on the defense.
3: Yeah, listen, I like him at the podium. I like his temperament. I like his size. I like the way he moves. He's an easy thrower. Not terribly accurate all the time. Again, it's not a mechanical issue. So which and there are guys, Sam Darnold had a slower motion, Tebow slower motion. Justin Fields doesn't feel like a natural thrower. He it looks good. Uh, but I think I just this is one of these I don't have a strong opinion. I don't feel he's overwhelmed. We should panic. But it's pretty ugly early. And some of this, though, is just this. Detroit's really good. And they have a better roster and a better O-line. And they control the clock. And that made Jordan Love sit longer and watch the game. Some of this is, most of this is, Detroit's better than Green Bay. They were better with Aaron Rodgers both times last year. But Aaron's so gifted, he kept us in suspense. Jordan Love's not there yet. Last night, there was no suspense. J Mac blazing five, top of next hour. Uh, interesting game. There's a lot, you know, it's funny. It's a 17 game season, but this is the quarter mark. So Detroit, three and one at the quarter mark. They feel great about it. Uh, Jordan Love, they're getting there. They feel okay about it. There's games like
1: Chicago, Denver. It feels like the season for those teams. Yeah. Oh, and four, it's over. Um, quick thing on Jordan Love. You know, first impressions matter in life, in sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First game against the Bears, he throws these three touchdown passes. Hey, Jordan Love, he's got something. So now we have three games to tape on him. And he looked, I mean, you're being generous from last night, okay? Like, he was putrid. Played them out of the game. He was terrible for three quarters against the Saints last week. Uh, he couldn't do anything. couldn't move the football in the fourth quarter. Yes. Like, Colin, I, it looks like a below average quarterback to me. Again? Well, I said, I had heard from a home
3: game. Yeah. I I said from a source, I trusted, I was told there wasn't a ton of juice. There wasn't like the second gear, which is by the way, about 80% of the league. So there, there wasn't like, he doesn't shift to a different gear. He can move, you know, like there's stuff. I don't feel like he's overwhelmed. Like you watch Zach Wilson. It's like, this doesn't work at all. You know, you watch Justin Fields, I'm like, this isn't going to work. I don't feel that with him at all. Now, part of that is Green Bay's a well run organization. Uh, he's missing a left tackle. It'll get better. Aaron Jones, Christian Watson, if you get him. Like, I think when he gets a more full implement, but it should be noted is that you don't always get those. I mean, opening game of the season, Mahomes didn't have Travis Kelsey or Chris Jones. Like, you don't get this point forward a full roster, and you just have to make it work. Yeah. He's not good enough now to make
1: that work. No. Quick thing on the Lions. Um, you know, we like to say uh, Belichick, Brady, what was it, 50 50, 60 40, who got more credit? I look at this Lions, I'm like, hmm, Jared Goff's making plays, but wait a minute. Ben Johnson's calling some incredible stuff. Yeah, no,
3: they're that very close in the first half. Of yeah, it was watching great. With my
1: kids. And you could just see it develop right out of the gate. I was yeah. like, oh, my gosh, Packers are screwed. Yeah. And I just wonder, Ben Johnson's going to get a head coaching job. He's got to be the number one target of everybody, right? Y- yes. I mean, lo- okay, so if he leaves, wh- where, where, well, what do we do with the other Well, Lions? Like, by the way,
3: Shane Steichen leaves Philadelphia. They don't look the same. Like, coordinators fair. matter, especially on that side of the ball. So I, do I think Jared Goff would be as good? Probably not. So, I mean, listen, we got to be honest about this. There's 10% of every job in America is great. And then 90% of people are good, okay, competent, bad, like Ben Johnson's elite, yeah. and he's taking Goff and the Lions offense and, to
1: a new level. And, by the way, uh, Goff throws that interception, right, early? Came first series, right back. You're like, oh, it's over. Ben Johnson trusts him, calls the right place. Next series, touchdown. I guy, Ben Johnson. Very Jets. good. Jets, hope he's at the top of your list, Jets. <laughs> Come on, slow down. I have
3: a great parlay for you this weekend thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook. New users use the code HERD, H E R D, when you download the app. All right, here's my parlay pick of the week via DraftKings Sportsbook Commanders plus eight at the Eagles. Philly on a short week due to Monday Night Football. Commanders division game. They run the ball, humiliated by Buffalo. Teams humiliated, play better the next week. Eagles may win. I'll take the eight. Browns at home, minus two and a half against the injury-riddled Ravens. Browns, the best team in the league nobody's watching or cares about. I don't know how Baltimore moves the ball consistently. I'll take the Browns, minus two and a half. I'll take the Rams, plus one against the Colts. Gardner Minshew feels good. What a story. Rams played very poorly. They'll get the details and the run game back. They're a better team than the Colts. Rams plus one. If you want to take the herd parlay, check out DraftKings Sportsbook. New users use the code HERD, H-E-R-D when you download the app.
2: 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877 8 hope and or text hope and 467 369 See show notes for full details.
0: Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye.
5: as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
3: Well, we've all been driving down a freeway. There's a little bit of a car wreck, and everybody slows looks out their window, slows traffic. Um, you know, it happens. I feel like there's an NFL game this weekend that feels like a bit of a car wreck. Denver and Chicago, two zero and 3 teams. I cannot wait to watch it. I just can't wait to watch it. I'm going to slow down, <laughs> sit in front of a TV and watch it. Uh, Peter King was on Chicago radio uh, and says, uh, Justin Fields probably doesn't have a lot of time left to be the starter.
2: So he never said this job is his forever. He said, we we are going to give him every opportunity to win this job forever. Justin Fields probably has a few weeks because if you're the Bears, you basically say, hey, listen, we always knew that the biggest thing about this season is we needed by the end of 2023, we have to know who our quarterback is going to be for 2024.
3: Well, here's the thing you learn in the NFL. Uh, There are agendas, and people have favorites, and they protect themselves. So if you look at Justin Fields' career numbers through 28 starts, they're not good. Completes 59% of his throws. Passer rating is 79. Almost has as many picks as touchdowns. Okay, that's not good. Can you go from bad to successful? Well, yes, you can. It's called Eli Manning. So, Eli Manning threw 28 starts. <laughs> uh, he won a few more games, but was was bad. Passer rating was lower. Completion percentage was lower. Some of that is defense now has limitations. But Eli Manning had a couple of things going in his favor. He's a Manning. There was a sense in New York, you know, he's a Manning. He'll figure it out. Also, they were winning some games. I think it was like the second year they won 11 games. Um, And Chicago's losing. And Chicago's also not doing anything well. The defense is bad. Uh, The coaching is suspect. The drafting has been meh. Uh, Justin Fields hasn't been good. So nothing's working. So it's a lot of finger pointing. Those New York teams with Eli, they started winning games. And yes, he was a Manning. But here's the other thing. And this is a real thing. Eli Manning was drafted by Ernie Accorsi. Ernie was a legend. The Bears GM is not a legend. The previous GM wasn't a legend. So Ernie was a legend. People trusted Ernie. And then Ernie retired three years later, and they gave the, the job to Jerry Reese. Well, Jerry worked right under Ernie, director of scouting personnel, right? So they both were huge Eli Manning advocates. Ernie was, he left, hands it to Jerry was, and he runs it. So Eli Manning was never on an island. The GM loved him. Eli's a very likable guy. Jerry Reese got the job for Ernie. He was all in on Eli Manning. So when Eli struggled, he threw a lot of picks. He had no mobility. There were a lot of things not to like. Eli always had a support group in the building. The GM who drafted Justin Fields is long gone, and the GM and coach now want to keep their gigs. Easiest way, blame the kid. Now, I'm not saying Justin Fields has been good, but I watched Eli Manning's career, and the difference is Eli in the building had support. I'm not saying anybody's rooting against Justin Fields. Everybody wants to make it work. But there's a big difference when you're struggling. I've bounced around the country, three coasts, right? Three times I've moved coasts all over the place. I generally follow people, not money because the people I follow have my back if you struggle early, which almost everybody with a new job, in a new place, a new quarterback, Chicago didn't exactly have a history of getting quarterback right. So I think a lot of this is Eli Manning through 28 starts was, was not good. But in the building, there was a sense, give him time, he'll get it right. Because the guys who picked him, Football 101, business 101, if they bailed, they looked like they were incompetent at the most important position. So, and again, well, I mean, Eli Manning through 28 starts was not good. Justin Fields, more athletic, as big an arm, doesn't look good. He just doesn't have Eli's coaching at this point, the Manning name, and the support in the building. So, Justin Fields is on an island, whether they want to admit it or not j Mack with the news. No,
5: no, no, no. Turn on the news.
0: This is the Herdline News.
1: It's a crummy feeling if you're Justin Fields. The guy who drafted you is long gone. You're struggling. These new guys. The new guys Feel are for rooting for you. Everybody wants to win. But it is different. Who hired you? Yeah. From a football standpoint, I get it. He's been bad. But from like a human standpoint, this guy worked his entire life in football. Justin Fields. Probably what? Since he was like 11 years old being a quarterback 12 for this moment to get to the league. And you get, you know, two years, two, maybe two 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 and a half years starting and it's over.
3: Yep. It's over. It's very done. few guys, Drew Brees injured, get a second chance. It's very rare. very rare. Sam Darnold did in Carolina, couldn't do it. Now he's a backup. Like, And he's talented, yeah. but he's a backup. Like you just don't get. And the other thing is, the NFL is so rich and so big and there's so much money, people are more impatient. Owners now are all billionaires you used to be able to own an nba team and be a car dealer you could own a baseball team and be a car dealer this stuff now you're talking about mls teams cost 200 plus million dollars so these nfl teams cost 10 billion you're talking about it's a rounding error these owners now have no problem writing a 40 million dollar check and flushing out a staff you used to keep a coach around for another year because the owner's net worth was $240 million, and you didn't want to write a $9 million check for the staff. So everybody, the stakes are bigger, the owners are richer, people want to get it right, and for the record, there are more good young quarterback talents college than ever before. That's some of it. If it was a terrible quarterback class next year, but it may be the best quarterback class we've ever seen
1: out of college. That just adds another layer of let's get a new guy. Yeah, I mean, do you see Fields being a Baker Mayfield type backup, or he gets thrust into like? No, Baker I think was with Carolina, the Rams, I, when they me, were garbage. To me, he's
3: too gifted. Some offensive coach, some offensive coach will say, if he completed fifty-nine percent with a defensive staff, can I get him to sixty-two? Well, they had a battle line we have a good one i think you'll get a second chance he is darnold did because sam had some hero ball qualities sam was so athletic it's like let's just give him one more shot with an offensive coach right like with matt rule i think justin somebody will look at his numbers and go well 59 percent isn't 53 it's not like a tebow thing he doesn't have like mm. there's too much there not for for somebody not to say kid we drafted
1: a quarterback, but it's your team for a year. If I'm Fields, I start kissing up to McVay, uh, all the smart coaches, the guy at the Vikings, uh, O'Connell, uh, Mike McDaniel. Hey, I know you saw Mike White, but uh, love a shot at his backup. You know, Shanahan, that's where you want to go. I
3: think offensive coaches look at Chicago and say, we could take 25 to 30% improvement on Justin Fields. We get his legs. We get his size. He appears to be coachable. So, I, I again, there's a lot of blame to go around. He hasn't been great. But I I, I do think an offensive coach would look at that and go, 6'4", runs like that, lively arm. Chicago's a mess. They've never even – they can't get quarterback right for anybody.
1: I think somebody would give him a shot. All right, let's start with a quarterback who probably won't get a shot, uh, Zach Wilson. He's taken some heat from um, Hall of Famer Joe Namath. And uh, listen, Zach Wilson got in front of the podium and addressed Namath's comments. Listen to this. Just take a deep breath and listen.
4: All right. He's passionate. He's obviously was, you know one of the greats. And so, uh, you know, as an offense, we got to do everything we can just to, to try and prove him wrong, keep doing what we can. I mean, obviously, Joe was an unbelievable player, but this locker room is very tight knit and we're working to get better. I'm working to get better. I know I need to improve and I promise I'm doing everything I can to keep trying to get better.
3: Well, I can't pull the trigger on it, but the wise guys love the Jets to cover this week. It's a
1: big storyline among Vegas wise guys. Let's just take a second, Colin, and address Zach Wilson and what he just said. Okay, that you you know how tough it must be eating him up inside to know he's letting down the entire locker room, letting down a stadium of fans. that takes a lot. I got to applaud Wilson for that. We we admit he's not a great quarterback, and like I said about Fields, like Zach Wilson's working. His entire life leading up to this opportunity, it's pretty clear he's not the guy. Right. Is it over for, like, is he even, I don't want no, to be overly it. harsh. Is I, he in the league next year? Because um, Josh Rosen, as best I know, he'll be like a, a backup squad player. Yeah, he'll be a
3: backup. I, I don't think, I, could, I don't know if anybody will give him a run. But I do think, you know, he, let me throw a team, I told, I thought a team to you before, where he actually could work because of his style is backing up Kyler Murray. Closer to home, moves well, nice arm. Um, Hmm. He'd be a nice Kyler Murray backup. Now, I think Ah. Josh Dobbs is an excellent backup. Mature, whereas Zach, there's some questions about that. I think he'll be a backup. I think Justin Fields will get
1: one more year with somebody else. One year with an offensive coach. The problem is Zach says... He's doing the best he can. Yeah, and you know Colin sometimes the best just isn't good enough. That's right. And that sucks. Well, yeah, it does. That's life though. We've to... uh, you know us mere mortals, we try to do the best we can. <laughs> you look at Patrick Mahomes, he's an immortal. Tom Brady, these guys I, I, can I, take it to a level hey, that Hey, listen. 50 the rest of us 50% of first
3: round quarterbacks fail. It's hard. And so when guys fail, it's like you're not a loser, you're not a failure. You're the league average. I mean, look at that draft a couple years ago. Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields. I mean, there was, wasn't, uh, who, who was, the, was Trevor Lawrence in that draft? I forget. Yeah, like, he, he okay. went number one. And he now is
1: struggling yeah. in year three. Like, it's hard in this league. You got to get the coach right, the O-line right, the coordinator right. The thing I don't like, um, and that's because of, of a personal experience, is like, you, you get your shot in the limelight. You get your chance, and then it doesn't go well. And everybody thinks this guy's a bust. Listen, it happened to me. I came out here to yeah. do TV. Well, was whatever. on a show yeah, with a knucklehead. Not, well, what? And, and hey, like, I got run off. I thought like, it's over for me. It's over. Well, and then I get my chance here, and you know things well, are going good. I, I I feel like everybody deserves a second chance. I just is that fair? Like well, I hope almost, Zach Wilson gets. another almost chance.
3: Almost everybody does get a second chance. Sam Darnold got a second chance. Baker got a second chance. Baker got a second chance. Everybody gets a second chance. Zach Wilson will make seven figures for the rest of his life. Well, athletic life for seven years, probably being a backup. That's
1: not the worst thing in the world. Well, this Trevor Simeon thing, by the way, if Zach gets benched against the Chiefs, oh boy. I think it, it, that's it. Like I, You can't put him back on the field, can you? Like It's a Trevor Simeon time.
3: Well, if he's even look, active let's, for Let's this wait
1: game. to see what happens final story is Bill's Dolphins Colin some injury news uh this morning good for the Dolphins is Jalen waddle has cleared concussion protocol he's back the bad news for the Buffalo Bills they just ruled out safety Jordan Poyer uh seven-year veteran he's not going to play this weekend safety we saw what the Patriots did to slow the Dolphins with multiple defensive backs um waddle in poyer out no uh, we might see Demar Hamlin um oh, that'd be great. Uh, he might be I don't think he's been active yet this season um, uh, is, is the Poyer Waddle stuff, nah, does that shift any impact nah, I think this
3: game's going to be about the Bills' defensive front. If they can get pressure with four, Buffalo wins the game. I think I, I, Buffalo, to me, is the side. I like Buffalo Did you? Week. I mean, I like them as well. I bet them. But is that a blazing five pick? It's a very... It's wow. one of the better... I think it's one of the better values of the weekend. We'll see if it is a
1: pick. Blazing five picks in 30 minutes. So, uh, I had a guy on my podcast said, last year in the playoff game with uh, the backup quarterback for Miami... Skyler Thompson. The line was like, Twelve or thirteen or somewhere up there, and now it's down to two and a half. I, I think I think you're right. I think the bills are the side here, but it's tough to get in front of a train. Like train <laughs> <office. laughs> uh, J Mack with the news.
3: Well, that's the
0: news. And thanks for stopping by.
5: The
3: herd Lie news. It, 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 you know, it is one of those things you talk about getting first, second, third chances. Uh, you know, everybody needs a kingmaker, right? Like. You start looking at Eli Manning. He had Ernie Accorsi because he didn't win a bunch of games down in Ole Miss, right? He was the second most talented Manning brother, but he had Ernie Accorsi. And then you get Tom Coughlin, and then, you know, one of them leaves, but then they insert the guy who was under Ernie Accorsi. A lot of this stuff for young people in life in any field is just getting support, getting a kingmaker. Uh, It's hard. It's a battle. Uh, Colorado USC this weekend, blazing five top of the hour where Caleb Williams and Shadur Sanders have one thing really in common. That's
2: coming up. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app.
1: Just forget that. Look, listen to the Paulie and Tony Fusco Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye.
3: All right, welcome back. Um, So Colorado hosts USC tomorrow. USC should win. I don't see Colorado being able to stop them over the course of 14 or 15 possessions. I do think Colorado is going to put some points up. They're a little banged up, and they just don't have the offensive line, kind of the trench ability that, you know, like an Oregon had or a USC has. So, um, But it does does really show how fast a great quarterback with the right coach can turn it around. So if these two quarterbacks uh, both came back next year, Shadour Sanders probably is. Dad says he is. Caleb probably is not. But there's rumors and rumblings that he could make a lot of money if he stayed, and he doesn't want to go to certain teams. Uh, they would be the two highest-paid college athletes, NIL, and their salaries or the, their revenue would be somewhere between seven and ten million, which is more than ninety percent of college football coaches. And I'm okay with it. Both should go pro. Both, um, one will go pro. I think. But what we know to be true is that a lot of NFL teams are poorly run. Ask yourself this. Who do we know in the NFL that's absolutely well run? So I wrote San Francisco, Kansas City, Philadelphia, Rams, Seattle, Baltimore, Buffalo, Green Bay, mostly Pittsburgh. That's like 10 Now, we think Detroit's headed in the right direction. The Chargers do a lot well, but we don't trust them. Miami, Cincinnati are winning, but I'm not sure if they're well run. Tennessee is stable, but they're mostly well run. That means about 65% of the league isn't. And you are a quarterback that will change the net worth of the owner, the value of the franchise. A star college quarterback is worth a fortune. I got into a discussion this week with Nick Wright on my podcast, and if you took like Mahomes and Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson and a, a Justin Herbert, I'm not so sure Caleb Williams isn't the fifth or sixth most valuable quarterback on the planet. I mean, I think there's only about five teams that wouldn't move off their quarterback for him. So if he gets $10 million next year and doesn't want to go to Chicago, they can't get quarterbacks right since... I don't know, forever. Do you blame him? These quarterbacks, because of NIL, because of the world changing, Shadur Sanders, Caleb Williams, now finally have the leverage, and it's reasonable leverage. They're not saying, I have to play for this team, or I have to play in this city. They're just saying, yeah, I don't want to play for that bad organization who ruined the last seven quarterbacks. Joel Klatt loved Caleb Williams last year, likes him even more this year the thing about caleb that i marvel at caleb his superpower is what he does outside of the pocket yeah the big plays he his ability to throw the ball with velocity and accuracy off platform running around remarkable he's grown and developed and he controls the game from the pocket as well as anybody in the sport right now yeah and so like this guy's ceiling, which I already thought was high, is even higher. So ask yourself this if 50%, some years higher, of first round quarterbacks are failing, what does that tell you? Right? If 50% of the cars on a car lot didn't run after a year, it's a car lot full of lemons, right? Something's wrong on the factory line. It's not the car salesman's fault. It's not even the car's fault. It's the people putting it together. So if 50% of first-round quarterbacks don't work, we know they're talented. We know they were great in high school and college. Why don't they work in pro football? It's a systems failure of the franchise. So if I was the NFL and could choose where Caleb Williams and Shadur Sanders could go, I wouldn't pick Chicago either. I wouldn't pick Arizona or Washington either. So a lot of people will bristle at this. Remember when a couple of players in college football said, we're not going to play in the bowl games. I'm going first round. People are like, whoa. Didn't change a thing. Didn't hurt football. NIL didn't hurt football. Transfer portal didn't hurt football. But NFL football is better when the success rate for first round quarterbacks is like 75, 80%. But it's always lower than that. Some years it's like, One-for-five work. It can't all be on the kids. Caleb Williams is can't miss. And then I think about Chicago, and I think, yeah, can't miss except Chicago. Shadour Sanders looks can't miss to me. Trevor, listen, Andrew Luck is the best, most sure-fire quarterback. Ten years. He's out of the sport. Couldn't protect him. Wrong GM, wrong coach, bad old line Couldn't protect him. Trevor Lawrence first year. Mess. Like, so like I know people bristle at like potential college quarterbacks saying, I'm not gonna go play for that franchise or that one. Isn't that reasonable leverage for an athlete that would go to a franchise and make it worth three, four, six, nine hundred million dollars more? Chicago's a huge market. It's a big city, lot of money, a lot of tradition. Right now, you could buy it and get a bargain. In three years, if Caleb Williams is getting you to the NFC Championship, it's worth probably 40 to 50% more as a franchise. It's time that star college quarterbacks had a little leverage. Manning said, no thanks. Eli said, no thanks. I don't have a problem if Shadur Sanders or Caleb Williams for a bad franchise said, eh, i stay in college. Make some money. Take my chances next year. All right, so this story is interesting. The Portland Trailblazers committed a major rules violation. Chris Haynes reports. Portland asked Lillard to sit out the final 10 games of last year to help the franchise improve its lottery odds. Lillard's camp likely made the revelation to Haynes, probably because they were upset with the Blazers for not accommodating the Stars' trade request. So I read this, and from what I take of it is, uh, Dame went along with it. So Portland's like, hey, and this happens a lot, if you're not feeling great, let's not risk an injury. Why don't you sit the last 10 games? And then Dame went along with it. Okay, I'll I'll sit. The Blazers may have initiated it, They initiated it. Didn't Dame and his agent go along with it? I mean, it's Portland asked, according to the story. Portland didn't demand. Portland asked, hey, you're older. You've been banged up. Set out 10 games. All right. People ask me to do a lot of things. I don't have to do them. So divorces get ugly almost all the time. I'm not really into um, the settling scores part, like when it's done. First of all, I think Dame is going to crush it Milwaukee. I think he's going to crush it. I think it's a better fit than Miami. He just doesn't know it yet. Happens to a lot of us. It's a better fit. The second school, the safety school in college, is actually a better school for you than the first perceived prestigious school. So I think Dame's going to crush in Milwaukee. But ask yourself this. Would this story have leaked if Dame got sent to Miami? Nope. So Damon and his agent aren't really outraged by the ask. They're outraged by the result. That's why I don't lose any sleep on this. They're they're not outraged by the ask. Not at all. This story doesn't get out if they go to Miami. And an ugly ending was inevitable. Ten years, one Western Conference final. Dame aging, missing more games. Portland wanted to reboot happens. It just so happens that when uh, Scoot Henderson became the number three pick and they had their star guard, now we can move Dame. But uh, this was inevitable. The writing was on the wall. They were going to move off. It's a bit of an ugly divorce. Um, I think Dame and the Bucks are going to be a wonderful pairing. But I don't think Dame and his agent are outraged or were by the ask if indeed it happened. I just don't think they like the result. And so that's why it gets out. Rick Bucher on Dame now to the Bucks. He and Giannis have been friendly for quite some time and are basically cut from the same cloth as two stars who were not seen as stars coming into the league uh, went to small markets and said, no, I'm not going to go join forces with somebody else. I'm going to try to get it done here. Don't undersell the gesture of Giannis taking him first in the All-Star draft over Drew Holiday and everybody else, what that means to Damian Lillard. Yeah, it's going to work. And here's the other thing. This idea that player empowerment, it's over in the NBA, is utter nonsense. Why did Dame end up in Milwaukee? Because Giannis basically told the fellas upstairs in ownership, I'm getting out of here if you don't get me a number two star. And so they acquiesced moved pieces they didn't want to, remained old to get him Dame. The star got exactly what he wanted. And the biggest star in all of this is not Jimmy Butler, Bam Bayou, Dame, Lillard, Brooke Lopez. The biggest star in all of this is Giannis. So player empowerment was not only initiated, it was demanded, and it got a result. Between Miami, Portland, and Milwaukee, the biggest star easily, the best player, is Giannis. And he got exactly what he wanted. So don't tell me stars don't get what they want. The biggest star, not Jimmy Butler. Giannis is a better player. It's not Bam Adebayo. It's not Dame. The biggest star is Giannis. And he got a star. Quiet, under the radar, didn't talk about it. But if you think star player empowerment's dead, this is an example how it works. The star's like, I'm leaving. Get me a dude. And Milwaukee gave up stuff they didn't want to to get the dude on the market. NBA's fine. It'll be glorious. I can't wait to watch. And Dame, Milwaukee, Giannis, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton are going to crush
0: Blazing 5 next. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff.